Join us tonight as we talk about the Vikings wins over the Bears, previewing the Rams and the Vikings, and we have a special guest, Darren Doogie Wolfson, on this evening. So go get your drink and join us. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. I am your host, Matt. I am joined by Ryan Ortega, Miles Gorham, producer Dave, and a special guest, depending on who you ask, uh, Darren Wolfson is here tonight, right before Christmas. <laughs> hey, you you made me say that in the in the intro, so... You followed the script so, perfectly. So, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so how are, you, how are you doing tonight, Doogie? I didn't get to see you last time I was on the show. I had something pop up, but uh, I, I'm very appreciative of you hopping back on tonight. I'm good, Matt. I'm COVID-free as far as I know, so that's a win. I'm Absolutely. happy that my Gophers won today. They didn't play well in the first half against Wisconsin Green Bay, but played really well in the second half. So that's good. My buddy Johnny Tower at St. Thomas, they fell at the buzzer. They were up double digits at Denver all afternoon, end up losing literally at the buzzer. So I feel bad for oh, my yeah. buddy Tower, my friends over at St. Thomas. But otherwise, all is well. You know, I know this is a Vikings happy hour show, but uh, that Gophers team, they got a little fight to them. Ben Johnson's got that team playing right now. It's exciting he to does, watch. You know, and... I don't know anybody. I certainly didn't think they'd be 10-1 and one right now. I don't know a lot of people. Heck, I'm not sure internally they thought they'd be 10-1 and one right now. The schedule certainly ramps up right after the first of the year. You know, just look at those, yeah. you know, four or five consecutive Big Ten games. You know, Indiana, Illinois. You know, I think maybe Michigan State, a trip to East Lansing is in that mix. It's a really tough opening stretch when they, you know, get back to, to playing Big Ten games. But, yeah, like I didn't have much of a bar, you know, this year. Like to me, it's all about raising the recruiting bar, which Dave Thorson, and Ben Johnson, the other assistant coaches will do. I think they're going to end up getting a pretty darn good 2023 recruiting class. They have a good 2022 recruiting class. That to me is what it's all about looking two, three years down the road. So to me, anything that happens this year, that's gravy, right? Like, you know, if they can find a way to be a bubble yeah. team, fine. If they don't end up making it, so be it. But if they can play some compelling games in early March, get me to pay attention late February into early March, I love it. Exactly. That's what it's all about. Ryan, I heard you you crack a drink there. What are you, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, it's um, Woodford Reserve. I had to dip into the oh. whiskey. I didn't want any more beers. I had uh, I took my son skiing today, and so I had like two two beers out, out there. So I was like, ah, I'm going to switch it up. <laughs> I feel bad. We always we always drink on this show, and Doogie's always at work. He can't he can't enjoy a cheers a nice beverage with us. <laughs> uh, Miles, how about yourself? Yeah, trust how are you me, doing I was tonight? at the liquor store earlier today. <laughs> oh, go ahead, Doogie. Yeah, go ahead, Miles. Well, I was going to start no, no, at just, the liquor store earlier today, yeah, just ahead, shopping Doogie. for some colleagues, some coworkers. So, like, I'm I'm salivating. I can't wait to get home because <laughs> I bought an extra bottle or two for myself. There you go. <laughs> well, you earned it. Yeah. No, I'm I'm boring, so I'm just drinking tea. So um, I've actually, you know, Ryan, Ryan and Duke, you both know when you have, and Dave, you know, when you have kids, you always you know, when your kids get sick, that means you get sick. Um, I got tested for COVID <laughs> negative, so I'm just sick, and so that's kind of where I've been the last like week, week and a half, and um, 
I've just been like up and down this like little roller coaster. So, um, not the you know, I hear whiskey is a straight whiskey is a really good (laughs) cure for being sick. So, why do you think I'm never sick anymore? Yeah, right, right. Got to kill it off. (laughs) Too funny. Well, I'm glad you're negative. uh, I was in the same boat like three weeks ago. I'm just now for the first time in three weeks, like I feel good. Uh, but I was battling just a, a cold. Uh, no fever, but I went into the minute clinic just to get checked out after testing negative for COVID, just wondering what the heck was yeah. going on. She actually said I had a low level flu. I didn't even know you could have the flu yeah. without a fever, but she told me you have a low level flu, but I was able to, you know, persevere enough, but like it's going around like Judd Zolgad, who you guys know from score North, yeah. he's just overcoming COVID, you know I mean? He just, Damn. you know, he's been positive, and, but he's been working through like, thankfully he's boosted. You know, and the symptoms have been minimal. He's been able to work all the way through, you know. So, I mean, that that is good. But, yeah, Miles, I'm telling you, like, I'm glad you're negative because yeah. I think we all <laughs> probably know somebody right now that's positive. Like, it's the numbers yeah. are yeah, crazy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh, – make sure you take care of yourselves for sure. I mean, I like like you said, Doogie, I think everybody right now probably knows somebody, um, and it's ramping up. So, Hopefully uh, this this holiday weekend, everyone's able to enjoy it with their families and, and be safe. So uh, let's talk Vikings. Uh, they just came off a a win somehow. Uh, the, the Bears gave them every opportunity to win that game, uh, thanks to Matt, Matt Nagy and some, some turnovers. Um, but before we dive too much into the game, I, I got some questions I want to ask, ask Doogie here. And I'm, sorry if I'm catching you off guard, but... What is what is the feel right now inside the Vikings organization? Like, I know today it was brought up in Zimmer's presser. Uh, someone talked about him being on the hot seat, to which he said, "Am I on the hot seat?" as a sarcastic response. Uh, what is the feel right now inside TCO Performance Center? Well, I mean, <clears throat> guys have a lot to play for, right? I mean, there's a lot of guys playing for their next contract. There's a lot of guys on one-year deals. So regardless of what takes place the next three weeks, do the Vikings make the playoffs, don't make the playoffs, guys are playing for that next paycheck. With the salary cap about to spike pretty high, a lot of teams will have pretty good money to spend come March. So, you know, guys are focused in that regard, you know, to put good, you know, play on film. You know, you're not only playing for, for your current team, but you're playing maybe for your future team. So, Guys are locked in, but certainly there's, you know, a desire to, to see this thing through, you know, to finally get over that 500 hump. They haven't been over 500 mm-hmm. since, what, 2019? You know, so guys are yeah. cognizant of that. They are aware of that. You know, they think, hey, they can play with just about anybody in the league, that the NFC is relatively wide open, that, hey, why can't they make some sort of significant run in January? So, I think for the most part, guys are focused. Guys are on the same page. They're ready to rock and roll. Can I can I ask something real quick, Matt? Uh, yeah. Doogie, you talk, you touched on the the five hundred thing, um, and obviously that's a huge thing. This team has put a lot of money and, and added a lot of key players. They pay a lot of. They're a top a top heavy roster, for being honest. And do you have a sense of of like why this team has not been able to get themselves? into a position to be a consistent playoff team the last few years. Um, because like, as, as we've all noted, they have a lot of talent on the roster. I know there's injuries. I know things happen, but like overall, they have a lot of talent on the roster. Anything that you could pinpoint that kind of says why they're not 
getting themselves over the hump consistently? Well, I mean, Mike Zimmer might tell you. He certainly told us in early September, not me specifically, but he sat down with my boss, my good friend, my colleague, Joe Schmidt, saying that he doesn't trust guys 26 through 53 on the roster, that it's only 25 guys on the roster that he fully trusts. You know, so Zim will tell you that there's been some swings and misses going back the last few drafts. Now on the 500 note, heck, if Greg Joseph makes a simple kick week two, they win week three against Seattle, we wouldn't be noting that they haven't been over 500 since 2019. (laughs) You know, so it's such a fine line. The league has done such a good job creating, you know, so much drama on a weekly basis. So many games come down to the final four minutes, the final two minutes. There are so many one-score games. So it's not like they're that far away. But I can tell you, it's not just Zim. Sure, Zim's the face of it, but there's others internally that will tell you that the depth of this roster going back the last couple of years just hasn't been maybe what it was going back four or five years. But have we also not seen some of that depth play well? And like, especially you look at the D-line depth, you look at some of the DB depth, I'm DB depth maybe a little, a little iffy, but like, you know, we've seen guys like James Lynch and, and Armand Watts, like those guys step up. Uh, DJ Wanham had a really big game on Monday. Like, at least on the defensive side, that's the the side I'm sure Zimmer's the most worried about, right? Like, I feel like we've seen some of those guys step up. So I wonder if that number has changed for him. I do wonder if that number's changed too. I mean, I think specifically some of those D linemen that you noted. I mean, to me, it's amazing that the Vikings lead the NFL in sacks, right? With Daniel yeah. Hunter being out as as long as he's been out and, and, you know, he's not coming back this year. Everson Griffin being out. And by the way, I know Zim was asked about Griffin today. I'll give you guys a, a mini scoop. I'll have it on TV tomorrow. But Zim knows Everson Griffin's not coming back this year. He's just not, you know. I mean, first and foremost, let's just hope and pray and, you know, that, that he can get his life in order. And, you know, his recent Instagram posts, you know, alluding to to the fact that, that he's bipolar, you know, but at least, you know, at this point, that's sort of under control. But, you know, in terms of him, you know, doing any sort of conditioning, you know, with the mindset of, of maybe coming back this year, no, that just hasn't been happening. And the Vikings have been told, don't plan on Everson Griffin coming back. But, yeah, Wanham and Lynch, you know, and go up and down the list of, of some of those D-line. And you're right, in the secondary, not so much. But I agree. I think if we framed that question of Mike Zimmer again, I don't know how much further he goes beyond 25. Right. I don't know if he's going to 37 or 40, you know, but he might say, okay, you know, I'll grant you a few guys, you know, and I think he can't give, he can't give Rick too much credit. Patterson helping develop a lot of these D linemen. He can't give Rick too much credit. (laughs) And along those lines, and this is more just opinion than anything, but along those lines, you've heard him mention, you know, depth, you know, which again could could or could not be a shot, maybe at Rick. And then you hear his comments about Kirk, and of course, this is kind of the three headed monster, right? You got Kirk, uh, Zim, and, and Rick. Is there like an accountability issue, maybe that you feel like maybe all three of them lack that, right? I mean, you hear Kirk deflect a lot, Zim of deflect a lot. No one, I don't ever hear anyone saying. This is on me. This is my fault. I didn't coach him up enough. I didn't make the right play. I didn't draft the right guys. Can you speak at least to your opinion around the accountability that those three have uh, amongst themselves? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll disagree a little bit. I think there's been times after games where Zim will will put the blame on on his shoulders. Yeah, Kirk Cousins oftentimes cites right after a game, let me look at the film. But you talk to him on Wednesday a few days later. 
You know, he'll admit, hey, I missed some throws. I did this. I did that wrong. Maybe not enough. You know, so I'll grant you that. You know, Spielman just, it's so weird to me. The guy spent a year on television, worked at ESPN, yet he doesn't want anything to do with with doing interviews. I mean, here and there, but, you know, it's pretty amazing just how how little he does, you know, in terms of, of granting access to the media, especially, like, on the record being recorded. Like, he'll do some sessions with us, but, like, he'll tell us specifically, you can't have your TV camera there. I'll talk to you, but just take down notes. You can process report what I'm saying, but I don't want to do it on camera. And I'm like, Rick, you spent a year on ESPN. Like, come on, you're plenty comfortable in front of the camera. Like, that to me is one of the great mysteries. But, yeah, I mean, I think, heck, I think some of those guys are in in job-saving mode. I think Zim's probably been in job-saving mode for a while. You know, I think that's what he was was doing back in early September when, when he was talking about the lack of depth, you know, starting to set up, hey, like if this thing goes go south, it's because I, I don't have enough bullets to fire, you know, so just trying to put himself in a position to be back in 2022. Because realistically speaking, if Mike Zimmer ends up losing his job in a few weeks, I don't think he's getting another head coaching job. We can argue whether he should or shouldn't, but I just don't think a franchise is hiring 65-year-old or maybe 64, whatever he is, mid-60s, Mike Zimmer. And I know there's Pete Carroll's steam out there, and he's 70, and maybe Pete Carroll gets another job, but I just don't think Zim's getting another head coaching job. He can get a defensive coordinator job, snap of the fingers. I mean, he's got a lot of friends. He's highly thought of in league circles. But I just don't think he's getting another head coaching job. So it's now or never. So I think he began that process back in training camp, laying the the foundation at least you know publicly to some extent for, for the Wilfs to realize, hey, if, if the year doesn't go as planned, because remember, you know, preseason internally, the expectations were far higher than the seventh seed. Trust me. I mean, they were talking, hey, we're going to win the NFC North. Hey, we can make a significant run in January. Uh, they're not happy with the seventh seed. They'll happily take the seventh seed at this point. But that wasn't the plan preseason. But I'm telling you, I think a lot of it was Mike Zimmer laying the groundwork for, hey, if you're going to fire me, I just want to lay out the evidence as much as I can publicly that this isn't all my fault. So so I do have a, a, a quick question or follow-up off of that. So Obviously, we've talked about how the expectations were a lot higher. Um, so this is kind of a two-headed question. What, what At this point in time, what do you think the likelihood is that Zimmer is retained as head coach next year? And if he's let go, I know you mentioned Pete Carroll's steam. Uh, Miles was talking to us earlier about maybe some Doug Peterson steam uh, being interested in this job. What, what do you know right now about Mike Zimmer's spot as head coach and maybe some potential fits to replace him? As we sit here at 819 on the night of December 22nd, do I think the Wilfs, Ziggy and Mark specifically, there's other Wilfs involved, but those two specifically, do I think they've come to the conclusion that they are firing Mike Zimmer? I don't. Do I think on background, you know, doing their due diligence on, on some potential candidates, including at least maybe one of the names you just you just laid out, Matt? Yeah, I think that's been happening. I think that's been happening for for a number of weeks, you know, I'll say this much, you know, I don't know who Charlie Walters of the Pioneer Press is talking to specifically. I have an idea, but I certainly won't, won't say it publicly, but I, I don't know 100%, but I have a feeling it's, it's somebody very, very, very high up. So he, you know, when he's writing the names, Doug Peterson and Pete Carroll, he's not doing it randomly. 
And I don't think it's somebody mm-hmm. planting something on, you know, Peterson's behalf or Carroll's behalf that it's coming from, you know, the agent for one of those guys. I think it's somebody more tied into to the Vikings ownership group. I do, you know, without specifically naming names. Uh, so I think there's, there's some legs there. I do, you know, so, you know, I keep an eye on, on certainly those two names, but like, to me, like, how could you not go the route if you're going to make a move? How do you not go the route of bringing in a, an innovative offensive mind, you know, whether it's a Byron Leftwich, you know, if you think Eric Bieniemy is that guy, you know, certainly Kellen Moore in Dallas has enough fans across the league. Like, I don't know how you wouldn't go that route. Like, I don't know how you could justify hiring 70 year old Pete Carroll or even 60 something year old or late fifties, something, you know, Doug Peterson, even with, with him winning the Super Bowl here in in the twin cities, you know, maybe you could sell Doug a little bit more than Pete, but, I still think you need to go with with one of these up and comers, you know, somebody that's that's knocking on the door of of being a head coach. But I'm just telling you, I, I don't think any any sort of final determination has been made here in in late December. I I really don't, you know. And I think Zim's earned that right. He's earned the benefit of the doubt. You know, there's been a lot of good. You know, if he ends up losing his job in a few weeks, I think we'll look back and say he, he certainly wasn't a failure as the head coach. You know, I know we probably wanted a, a couple more playoff victories, you know, beyond the, the, what, the two, including, you know, one via Miracle, although I guess maybe the Blair Walsh miss at TCF Stadium, you know, against Seattle, maybe that evens out the the Miracle with, with Walsh <laughs> missing the short field goal. So maybe it should have been two, you know, regardless. You know, and people are going to be upset, you know, blown out in Philly in the NFC title game, blown out in San Francisco in the in the divisional round after after winning the, the first round game in New Orleans. January of, of 2020, but there's been a lot of good. But I'm just telling you, Matt, I, I really don't think, you know, maybe I'll be proven wrong on this, but I really don't sense, and certainly I've been digging on this. I mean, this is top of my mind, you know, work-wise as much as anything, Mike Zimmer's future. And I just don't have the sense the Wilfs have come to the firm conclusion they are cutting the cord, whether that's January 10th or if they make the playoffs, you know, January 16th if they play that Saturday or if they end up playing that Sunday you know, whatever that Sunday is, January 16th, if they end up cutting the cord on, on Monday, January 17th. I just don't think we're to that point. Could we get to that point? Absolutely. If I had to bet, yeah, I think we'll probably have some news sometime in January. But I'm just telling you, I, I don't think they've come to any final conclusion right this second. Sorry, my, my mic know. was muted there. That's a that's a that's a that's the answer I was looking for, I guess. Uh, saying I'm probably one of the few Mike Zimmer stands within this uh, climb in the pocket group. So, um, <laughs> thanks for ask, ask, answering that one. Well, I mean, Matt, uh, I I'll did have another. Much, like, be careful. I mean, my message to some Viking fans would be: be careful what you wish for. Like, yeah, how much better are you doing than Mike Zimmer? It's the same argument I have with Kirk Cousins. Like. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's warts there. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, are you immediately doing better than Kirk Cousins if you decide to move on from him after after the year? I mean, just be careful. Now, some Vikings fans might say, you know what? Like, to get to where we want to get to, you got to hit rock bottom first. And so we're fine hitting rock bottom in 2022. But, like, as far as what I can tell with the Wilfs, you know, knowing, you know, their, their doings enough, you know, they've been owners now for, what, almost, what, two decades. I mean... There's a lengthy yeah. track record there now with the Wilfs. They're not interested in hitting the reset button, you know. So well, you know they yeah. can they can find different ways to to you know still be pretty darn competitive in 2022. And 
you know, if that's the plan, and as far as I know, that's the plan to be competitive in 2022, you know, there's probably a strong likelihood that, that Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. Yeah, maybe we do have a different head coach, but, like, I don't think they're blowing this thing entirely up. Like, I'd be surprised if it's fully blown up, you know, with with Rick, Sim- Rick Spielman dismissed, Zimmer dismissed, and uh, Kirk Cousins traded. Uh, you know, I, I think if Rick Spielman, if something happens on Spielman, you know, do they go the John Elway route, right, where he's still a part of the organization? Like, I would not be shocked yeah. if, if something like that occurred. Because I do think you can make the case, if you're going to fire Zimmer, Zimmer and Spielman are, are attached to the hip in many ways. But I don't think they're going to outright, like, tell Rick to hit the road. Uh, I think there's too tight of a relationship there with the Wilfs going back to 06 uh, with Rick. Uh, I would be surprised if they completely cut the cord on Rick Spielman. To push back real quick, Doogie, on, on the being uh, – be careful what you wish for. Like, I think the point for me at least as a fan is we're, we're not good enough for me to be like, – to, to, to accept what's currently going on. So I'm not as worried about like taking a step back because they haven't done enough to take that step forward to justify – continuing down the same path that they've been going, especially when you talk about having eight years of, of, of Zim and, you know, a decade of Rick Spielman, you know, with those two guys specifically, then you tie in Kirk and his contract and, and those things, it's kind of like we've had a large enough sample size of, of what's, of what this has been with those guys. And, and, and to your point about sometimes you need to take a step back to take a step forward. We, we kind of have seen where, where this regime can go. And it's not as far as it we'd like it to, to go, and I think everybody could probably agree with that. And to that to that same point, it's you got to try something new at some point because the same stuff over and over again is keeping them in that five hundred, maybe a game over five hundred realm, and that's just not acceptable. That's fair, Miles. I mean, that's completely fair, and that's why if I had to predict, we're going to see some sort of change. Come January, right. I just don't know if they're they're going to blow the whole thing up. But I, I can certainly see a coaching change <laughs> coming, and that's that's plenty fair. We can also debate what exactly is a step backwards. Like they're right. going to end up finishing this season what nine and eight or eight and nine. You know, you still have enough yep. talent in place where you know is five wins. If they end up with five or six wins, that's not any sort right. of significant step backwards. You know, and, and based on last year, what were they last year? Under 500, right? Were they 7-9 and nine yep. last year? Can't even remember. But, yep. you know, they weren't great last year. They weren't over 500 last year. So if you look at the totality of, of, of two consecutive seasons, you know, step backwards really isn't that much, you know. I, I have a hard time believing they'd be like in the Detroit Lions boat, right, or the Jacksonville Jaguars right. boat. There's still too much talent in the building, even with the guys that are expiring contracts and, and the change – we may end up seeing in terms of, of the roster. There's still going to be enough really good players in the building that, yeah, uh, it would be hard for them to really hit rock bottom. You know, so that's why, this that's franchise, why the, this the, franchise, the idea yeah. is they're going to find a way to compete next year. You know, make a change with, yeah, with the yeah. coach. You know, bring somebody in that can manage the clock a little bit better. You know, make better in-game decisions. Uh, you know, maybe find a way to keep Andre Patterson around, have him coordinate the defense. Uh, he knows the personnel, uh, keep his son on staff, you know, find a way to, to keep that relationship going and, and go from there. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if, if something along those lines is what ends up taking place. 
to, to your point quick about not blowing everything up and Kirk Cousins, you know, you can see him sticking around obviously because they don't want to just tear everything down. Um, obviously he's hitting his last year of his contract. No team wants to go into the final year of a contract with a quarterback. Um, so either, you know, again, to your, to your point, you either trade or extend. And again, if you're going into this, I don't know, pseudo retool, rebuild, whatever you're talking uh, with a new coach, um, do you really want to, you know, be extending a quarterback and uh, of that of that price? And if you do, for how long, right? I mean, obviously, I can probably get behind a four year extension or something like that. But when you keep doing these two year extensions, it just leaves you yeah. zero flexibility, and it, and it really kills your your cap, right? Because um, you just can't like move money around and flex. So. What route, again, I know this is all speculation, but like what route would you see in that scenario playing out? Do you, you see us handing out a tier contract? Well, I mean, I'll trying say to this go long term or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what we know, I mean, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's speculation. I mean, I think it's common sense that we know that Kirk Cousins is not playing next year under his current terms, right? So right. there's something that needs to happen with that contract. Heck, if he gets traded. His new team would, would give him an extension, rework his 2022 cap number. If he's here, the Vikings are going to rework his 2022 cap number. You can't have him on the cap at, at that number next year. I forget the exact number, but it's it's 45. What, north of 30. Heck, is the cap number 45? Is salary 35? Yeah. The cap hits 45? I don't have it right here in front yep. of me, but it's an absurdly high number. We all know that. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it would be a two-year extension, a three-year extension, Four year. I just know that that he can't be here. He can't be anywhere under the terms currently of his of his twenty twenty two number. The Vikings have an excellent relationship with his agent, so you know I can see Rob Brzezinski working his magic. Uh, by the way, if they end up making a change with Rick, uh, I would bet a lot of money Rob's not going anywhere. You know, yeah. uh, if they brought in you know you name the the candidate, uh, Rob Brzezinski's still going to be this team's capologist. Uh, so Rob can always find a way, I, but I, I don't know. You know, I mean, I guess I could guess <laughs> that you'd go at least, you know, two years out, you know, maybe more realistically three. Uh, that seems to be kind of the, the hot spot, uh, with cousins three years. Uh, so extend you have three, any sense? you know, I guess if I had to guess, but all I know is you're not, you're not having them under that 2022 yeah. number. You're just not. You have any sense, Doogie? So like, that's the one that's been my biggest holdup with Kirk more than anything is. I'm all for players taking and getting as much as they can leverage, take as much of your leverage as you can and use it and maximize your dollars. Every player should, when they get that opportunity. So I'll, I'll never fault a player for it, but at a certain point when it's Kirk cousins, it's not even giving money back, but it's the like length of the contracts because he keeps the shorter deals to keep the leverage, right? Like that's in the, and the Vikings have to keep the shorter, keep, keep giving shorter deals because they have no other leverage. So it's the question is at some point, does Kirk decide, I want to solidify Minnesota as my home, as my place, as the place I want to like retire, whatever, long-term. Decide that he'd rather do a long-term four- or five-year extension and just kind of be done with it. And, and in that capacity, decide that could help the team long-term, longer-term rather than this every year the Vikings have to keep pushing money out further and further because they can't touch his contract. They have to touch Adam Thielen's. They have to touch... All these other guys, Anthony Barr. Any sense on that? And again, I'm 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 very much for players doing what they got to do. But at some point, it feels like this road and that that Kirk's going down has to 
it either has to end or they have to they can't keep doing the short term. Yeah, well, I mean, Miles, my sense is Kirk, you know, uh, team friendly and Kirk are not are not words you can end up using yeah. in the in the same sentence. You're just not. Yep. You know, now sure. he may offer some sort of flexibility. I'm not suggesting, you know, like no chance, but like in terms of some sort of team friendly, and we can we can debate what exactly a team friendly extension would look like, but I'm just telling you, like, no way. I don't see it. There's just there's no yeah. reason. There's there's nothing to suggest that Kirk Cousins, and you're right, it's all about, you know, maximizing a pretty finite amount of time to to maximize your your earning potential. Uh I don't see him bending on that. I Miles, I would be shocked if he bent yeah. on that. I really would. I just there's there's nothing to suggest. And I'm not gonna hold that against him. You're right. It's such a short no. amount of time. You know, especially in this yeah. sport. You know, other sports, yeah, but specifically this sport more so than than others you know like he's not <laughs> i just yeah. i'd be shocked i really would yeah, i've been proven wrong before yeah. i've been shocked plenty of times <laughs> but like i would be shocked on this one if, if he bended a ton maybe a little bit but yeah. but i don't see him bending a ton i really don't and that's why they got to move on in my opinion but again that's another debate we can have later on <laughs> um i want to be cognizant of 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 time i know miles you you said you only had a half hour i don't know how much time you have tonight Duke. yeah um but uh i I did want to kind of shift the focus back to the current season i I think we're getting too off season heavy when we still got three games to go uh i know there was a uh some fans were kind of riled up was it yesterday uh when daniel hunter was removed from the covid list and a lot of fans started to think he was he was back but I, I do have a question for you because um, we've seen it done before with this with this torn pec. Uh, is there any sense that if we made the playoffs, Daniil Hunter could make a return, or is, is his season just absolutely done? Yeah, Matt, I think it's the latter. Uh, okay. I have not been told. Now, the guy I'm, I'm trying to dig on, I wish I had the answer for you, is Irv Smith Jr. You know, when he yeah, underwent that, about that him meniscus too. surgery – yeah, back in the summer, you know, it was it was viewed as a four to five month type recovery. Well, we're now at the at the four month mark. Uh, Zim was asked about Irv Smith Jr. on on Saturday. I'll just tell you, reading the body language of Zim, it didn't look real encouraging to me. But I'm I'm reading between the lines somewhat there. I've been chasing an Irv Smith Jr. update. Uh, unfortunately, three people that would know stuff haven't texted me back yet. But I've been chasing that for the last forty eight hours. So. That's the one I'm trying to find out on. I would be shocked if Daniil Hunter comes back, and I'm telling you, Everson Griffin, you know, they've been told he's not coming back. You know, Adam Thielen as well, you know, he met with us today. Uh, I can tell you, uh, when he initially got hurt, I guess it would have been, what, the Detroit game? That was, what, December 5th? Uh, it's a grade two slash grade three, like right on the border of grade two, grade three of that of that high ankle sprain. I mean, that's typically like a – like a five, six, seven-ish week recovery. And so, like, Adam Thielen has no business playing against the Rams. He really has no business playing against the Packers and probably doesn't have business playing Week 18 against the Bears. Maybe if they make the playoffs, then he could come back. But, like, he told us today, and and I know he's wired differently. Like, Dalvin Cook's wired differently. Adam Thielen's wired that same different way. Like, Adam Thielen was trying to get back for the Pittsburgh game. Like, I'm not making this up. Like, he was trying to fight like heck to play in that Thursday night Pittsburgh game. Okay, 
That was a bit aggressive. You know, I knew when he went to Chicago, flew on the plane, he woke up Monday morning with the mindset, I'm playing tonight against the Bears. You know, and Andrew Kramer, the Star Tribune, put the video out. Uh, we have some video that we shot pregame. I mean, you know, I've seen the video. He wasn't moving very well. Like, you saw him moving pregame Monday night. You're like, yeah, he's going to be out still for a while. But I'm telling you, he's he's wired so differently. Uh, they may find a way. Maybe he's used more as a decoy. And, you know, I don't know if he plays this Sunday. This Sunday might be – that might be pushing it pretty good. But maybe he's back for – for one of those games in January, if not the Packers game, the Bears game. But, you know, that'd be the other one I'm, I'm keeping an eye on. I, I don't think it's a season-ending injury. So I do think we'll see Phelan back at some point this season. Uh, and Irv Smith Jr. is the other one I'm trying to dig on. So if I have an update, I'll, I'll throw something on on Twitter or on Channel 5 or on Score North in the next, you know, 24 hours or so. But on Daniil, I would not anticipate Daniil coming back this season. Yeah, Miles told me not to to really ask that question. He's like, "There's no way he's coming back." But <laughs> I just had he to tore double check, pack. right? He he tore his pack. I was like, "How is there in any way in hell that, that dude's coming back in a month and a half?" <laughs> <laughs> he's not. Um, and trust me, he's another. I mean, they have a lot of guys in that locker room that are that are freaks of nature, right? That are that are wired completely differently. Uh, and I put him in that category. Uh, but yeah, torn pack miles. Yeah, you know it. He's he's not coming back in in late December, early January. I'm sorry. We'll we'll hopefully see Daniel Hunter next year. Uh, you know, there's some work to be done in that regard. But I think we'll see Daniel Hunter here next year. I really do. Uh, they'll get that work done. Uh, but yeah, he's not coming back this year. Fair enough. Fair enough. Miles, anything before you take off here? No, I just want to say thanks, Doogie. This has been great. Um, no, I honestly, I the Vikings are a long shot to make the playoffs, but hey, <laughs> it's in their hands. Make the playoffs, right? Like, that, what else can you ask for? This is they put themselves in this position, so um, go get it done. Absolutely, Miles. Call me nuts. And by the way, I'm glad to do this. I appreciate you guys having me <laughs> on. So, thank you. I, I think they make the playoffs. I do. I think they beat the Rams, and I think they beat the Bears, and I think nine and eight gets them in. You know, maybe I'll be proven wrong on yeah, that I mean, one. Yeah. Uh, but I think they find a way. And I get it. Philadelphia's schedule is incredibly favorable. I also saw the Eagles head coach now has COVID. Miles Sanders got dinged up in last night's game. Philadelphia isn't all that good either. Uh, so they could easily – heck, Philadelphia could lose to the Giants on Sunday. If I had to bet, Philly probably beats the Giants on Sunday. But, like, I'm not convinced <laughs> Philadelphia is running the table to get to 10-7. and seven. So – the Vikings would have the tiebreaker, as far as I can tell. Nine and eight Vikings, nine and eight Eagles. I think the Vikings find a way. I do. You know, and maybe New Orleans has something in them, but like going back to Sunday night, like I just don't see how that offense is capable. I really don't. The defense Somebody's is great. Take it. You know, maybe they beat Miami on Monday. I'm looking forward to that game on Monday. Saints Dolphins is, is a good Monday night game. Uh, but I, I think the Vikings find a way. You know, and I just, I, I don't trust the Saints. I don't trust the Saints enough. I don't trust the Eagles enough, so I think the Vikings get in as the seventh seed. Somebody's got to make it, so why not the Vikings? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's to their benefit, you know, that a couple years ago or whatever it was last year, you know, the, the league added a, a seventh team in, in each conference, you know, maybe one of the wisest choice. Uh, you're probably going to have a, a team that's maybe not worthy of making the postseason make it year in and year out. Maybe it's multiple teams. Uh, heck, you saw what? 
Washington last year win the NFC East with with a less than 500 record. So, heck, you could win your division and still not be a worthy playoff team. But, yeah, it's not going away. Heck, if anything, in a few years, the the league will add a, an eighth playoff team to each conference. Trust me, they want to monetize the postseason as much as they can. So they're not going to subtract playoff teams. If anything, they'll one day add playoff teams. But I just I think they find a way. You're right. So many miles has to make it as the seventh seed. Yeah. I think it'll end up being the Vikings. Now, there might be some people watching and listening to this saying, like, are you nuts? Like, the Rams are going to beat the Vikings on Sunday. Like, you're a fool. Like, the Rams are going to find a way to win that game. I just think short week, having to travel. Like, I think there's a lot of things in the Vikings' favor heading into Sunday. The Rams have been starting slow the last few weeks. You know, the Vikings can jump up on the Rams, find a way to get up 7 nothing, 10 nothing, maybe 14 nothing. And I think, you know, Zim's got the book on, on Matthew Stafford enough. I think they can... They can fluster him enough. I think the Vikings find a way. It'll probably be another one-score game, I'm sure. But uh, I think the oh, Vikings you know it's going to be a one-score game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if it's a touchdown at the buzzer, right? The Bears made it a one-score game because of that that touchdown at the buzzer. Yeah, <laughs> figure one way or another, somehow, some way, it's going to be a one-score game. <laughs> oh my goodness, I don't, I don't know if my body can take many more games like that, but. I'm in it for the long haul, so well, I, I hope you're right. Buckle up, Matt. It's coming. <laughs> I've always been. Well, I've I'm going to go. I, I, to, I, uh, hey, I just want to say thanks. I just want to say thanks and happy holidays and merry merry Christmas and happy holidays, everybody. Yeah, thanks for hopping on, Miles. Thanks, Doogie, Miles. How much time we got left with you? I got a couple minutes. Uh, I better right, go start right. editing our our nine o'clock sports hits, though. <laughs> uh, we've got, heck, I got to look at the rundown, but we've got something we're, we're featuring. Andre Patterson had a great soundbite today about DJ Wanham. So I got to go track that oh. down in our, in our computer system. And I got to cut the, uh, the gopher basketball highlights for, I think nine o'clock I did, but the, the 10 o'clock news. So I, I got a few more minutes though. Okay. Well, let's ask just a, a couple more questions here. Uh, mine will probably be a little bit easier cause I feel like the, the, the story's already out there, but Something that I feel like came and went pretty quickly without much conversation. A lot of people have shut it down. But Bashad Breland getting released. Obviously, we heard the story from multiple reports this past weekend of a, a dispute on the field. You know, Rick Spielman had to, to step in. Is there anything uh, that we don't know that, that you maybe could tell us that, that went on? Or, or what kind of led to just his departure because i can't imagine it was just a an, an isolated incident i feel like there might be more to this story than than we're led to believe sure there's more to the story i'm shocked he made it this far that he made it all the way to saturday like if i had to bet uh, i would have i would have said he was he was getting released you know weeks prior uh i'm not even quite sure why they signed him to begin with like there's there's enough of a track record there there just is. I know Zim was desperate for some DB help, but they should have probably gone a different direction. Drake Kirkpatrick or, you know, somebody of that ilk that was out there at that yeah. time over over Bashad Breeland. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it culminated on Saturday. You know, Dalvin Cook was was front and center. Dalvin deflected all questions today about about what took place on Saturday, but he squarely was, was in that mix. Uh, Zim was in that mix. The DB's coach was in that mix. Yes, Spielman eventually brought Breland up to the office. Uh, yeah, I mean, if this was an isolated incident, you know, maybe they could have found a way to dismiss it, even with his track record. 
but yeah, he had been he had been a disruption at at other points during practice. There's a lot of stuff that happens in practice that we don't hear. I'm about. sure. Yeah, you know, or maybe I end up hearing something, but like, what the heck am I going to do with it? Like, right. You know, there's there's a story about one of my colleagues, uh, and I'm pretty sure he's spot on. I think I know where he got it from. Uh, said that that uh, there was something with with one of the Viking star players on Friday that there was a little brouhaha, and the player had to go get an eye exam uh, just to make sure that, that there was no cornea damage. Uh, sounds like oh, the man. player was fine. There, there was nothing there, but it was to the point of he had to at least go get his eye checked. Uh, there's stuff like that that happens all the time in practice. Uh, it gets chippy. You know, it really does. I bet, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a reason why they kick us reporters out after, you know, eight minutes or so. Uh, they don't want to <laughs> sing a lot of that stuff. Uh, so with Breland... Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, as far as I know, nothing like overly crazy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's got the motor mouth, right? A lot of trash talking, a lot of egging guys on, you know, being physical, maybe when you don't need to be physical. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm just telling you, Matt, like, <laughs> I'm surprised he made it all the way until, you know, mid-December. I really am. Like, you know, I, I would have, I would have put the over under if you had, if you had asked me, I would have put the over under, like, you know, the Packers game, November 21st. I would have said by that time, he'll be long gone. Uh, so, I mean, he made it longer than I would have thought. <laughs> Ryan, Dave, any uh, any yeah. last uh, questions here for Doogie? No, we're, we're almost in the holiday time, where, uh, uh, which means almost to the new year. Again, we only have a couple games left. What, what's been your favorite storyline this year? My favorite storyline. That's an interesting question. Let me see if I can tap dance enough in my brain to come up with my favorite storyline. <laughs> I mean, something that, you know, probably doesn't get enough love is is how much work Adam Thielen, his foundation does. You know, I mean, they announced today, you know, making significant contributions to a number of charities in town. You know, I just I don't think people realize the amount of work. It's not just the money, but it's also the time that he pours in, his wife pours in, uh, others uh, you know, part of, uh, you know, his agent, you know, and, and the agency and, and a guy named Luke and, and some others uh, behind the scenes, just the amount of work they do to give back. You know, heck, one of my favorite stories was Dalvin Cook getting his degree, you know, going back to the summer, you know, dedicating this year to his late father. You know, we're fast approaching the one year remembrance of, of his dad dying. Uh, his dad passed away late December of, of last year. Uh, otherwise, I mean, I just think the roller coaster, like, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this, right? You know, uh, winning when maybe they should have been losing like the Detroit game here, the game in Carolina, potentially, certainly the Detroit game here, then losing when we thought like, how could you lose? Right? Like the game in Arizona, some others, uh, just the roller coaster. Like I can't recall, you know, any sort of roller coaster quite like this. Trust me, they've provided you know, plenty of drama throughout the year, uh, you know, always providing fodder. But I don't remember it ever quite being like this. You know, then the easy answer would be just Justin Jefferson, right? Like, yeah. I get it. Cooper Cup's in a different stratosphere. Maybe Cooper Cup's should be the MVP of the NFL this year. Like, I don't think he's going to win it, but who is the MVP? You can make a case Cooper Cup's should be the NFL MVP. You know, and certainly Devontae Adams in Green Bay is incredibly special. Tyreek Hill, some others, but Justin Jefferson this fast, you know, ascending all the way up to, you know, we can debate, 
You know, is he number three, number four, number five? But, like, he's certainly one of the five or, you know, six best receivers in the game. This happened really, really fast. Thank you, Philadelphia, for taking Jalen Rieger, <laughs> allowing Justin Jefferson to fall to the Vikings. So just his brilliance. You know, and I, I don't think Harrison Smith gets enough love. Maybe it's just that position, you know, the safety position just isn't as sexy as some others. But, you know, him continuing to play at a really high level. You know, he'll one day be in the Vikings' ring of honor. So let's, you know, let's appreciate just how brilliant, how good Harrison Smith continues to be as he's now in his 30s. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, you know, the Vikings have led all 14 games this season, and 13 of them have been within one score. You talk about that roller coaster, that is absolutely insane, and I don't think it's been done before. I don't think it's been done either. I mean, I guess somebody called Elias Sports Bureau or ESPN Stats and Info, but I can't imagine that's ever been done before. You're right. You know, so just, you know, heck, I can only imagine, you know, being a writer on deadline, you know, having to, you know, hit backspace how many different times, you know, late in the fourth quarter of a game where you have your story written and you got to rewrite it. And, you know, we've been in some interesting spots, you know, the, like the Dallas Sunday night game. We were right on oh, TV, man. you know, the second the game ended, just timed out where we do a roundtable every Sunday night on Channel 5. And that game went all the way until like 1035. And that's what time we hit on Sunday nights, right around 1035. And so, like, the game literally ended and we popped up on, on TV. And it's like, I'm still trying to digest what the heck I just saw. <laughs> like, did I really just see Cooper Rush, you know, lead the Dallas Cowboys to victory over the Vikings? And I'm still trying to comprehend. What I saw yet, you got to hop right on the air and be coherent and, you know, come up with with some, you know, at least semi-intelligent takes. And, you know, so there's been some interesting moments like that. But, yeah, I just I can't remember anything quite like this. And that's why, like, it's darn near inevitable. Sunday against the Rams, it's going to come down to the final four minutes or two minutes. Uh, I'd imagine at Lambeau, you know, even though the Packers will have a ton to play for, presumably the number one seed, uh, I imagine on January 2nd, that game's going to come down to the fourth quarter. Maybe not quite the four-minute mark. Maybe it's a little bit earlier, but I imagine that will be a one-score game. And I don't know what the heck the Bears will have to play for week 18. Uh, but even not. so, you know, we just saw them with a bunch of backups on Monday night be competitive. So I'm sure the Bears will will find a way to make that game, uh, what is it, January 9th. I'm sure they'll find a way to make that game competitive here. Well, Courtney said this week she has gone to typing Three versions of the story. She has three word docs open yeah. going into the last two minutes to figure out which one she's going to finish and publish. I can't blame I her. I bet. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine, you know, her and Ben Gessling and Chris Thomason and those guys just, you know, having to file, you know, pretty quick after the game that, that those outlets, ESPN, TwinCities.com, mm-hmm. StarTribune.com, want something that they can post snap of the fingers when the game ends. And, yeah, so, yeah, she's – She's pretty darn smart to have three different drafts for sure. <laughs> well, Doogie, oh, we want to thank you for being third time to the show. You've been fantastic. We would love to continue this relationship as the rest of the season, hopefully the playoffs go on and into the off season. If you're up for it, you've been awesome. Always up for it. Yeah. As long as we can match up schedules, you know that always happy to be on Matt knows how to track me down. So yeah, plan on it. Let's do this again in a few weeks sometime in January. Sounds good. Absolutely. Doogie, thank you so much. Have a happy holidays with your family. Stay safe. Um, 
and, and we'll hit you up hopefully uh, hopefully when the Vikings make the playoffs, right? Let, let's hope for that. Absolutely, Matt. Yeah, and for everybody, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Heck, stay positive. Test negative, I suppose. <laughs> Have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Happy New Year to everyone. Merry Christmas. Thank Doogie. you, Doogie. Merry Christmas. See you guys. See ya. And we'll flip to a three window, and I got to get everybody in the right spot. Yes. I mean, we can we can go any spot, really. Oh, I got to get you over there, and I can't see it because something's in the way. Uh, I I know I haven't called it out yet, but everybody in the chat, thank you. Uh, I know there were a lot of questions firing. Uh, we only have Do- Doogie stayed on for a lot longer than I thought tonight. I'm very, very appreciative of that. Um, he's becoming a very good friend of the show here, and uh, hopefully we can have him, especially in the offseason. Doogie in the offseason is going to be just a, a great person to be on this show. He's going to have all those scoops. You, you heard tonight with Everson Griffin, that one. Uh, he's digging for that Irv Smith Jr. scoop um, You know, tonight, talking about how, how, how the Wilfs have not decided yet on Mike Zimmer's future as the head coach, which for some is bad news for others is good news. Um, I, I would be on the latter side of that, uh, but we still have a little, we still have a little bit of show left to go. And Ryan has been quiet tonight. Uh, rightfully so. Right. I mean, we, we had a guest of honor, but let's fly through the quick re- recap of the bears game. Let's fly through, uh, previewing the Rams. Let's do a score prediction and let's uh, let's head out to the holidays. So Ryan, Dave, what are your thoughts on Monday's night's victory over the Chicago Bears? Um, I've learned that we just need to, I guess, take the victories as they come and be grateful for them. Um, it, it, it stinks that, you know, we had a prime opportunity to completely get rid of this one score game mentality and, and really, and I know we basically did, right. They scored in the final play, but like get rid of this one score mentality and actually blow a team out. And, and we were in a prime position to do so. Obviously it's an, it's a uh, interconference game or I'm sorry, interdivisional game. So it, it's always going to be played tough, but I mean, with them not having a starting member in their secondary um, down, you know, some key players and, and for us to not be able to execute, um, effectively on offense. I mean, it was quite disappointing. Obviously they really mitigated our run game, which obviously last week went off for, you know, 200 plus. So we are expecting, you know, at least some, some positive work there. And that was pretty mitigated. Uh, and then I don't know what it was. Kirk Cousins just wasn't on his game. Uh, you know, I, part of that was offensive line. Uh, I know Akeem Hicks just completely had a day, um, both in the run game and in the pass rush, uh, game, uh, but at the same time, there were times where Kirk had opportunities and missed throws or uh, or whatnot. So or we missed catches. So I think it was overall offensively was just a poor showing. Uh, glad we got out of the way because we won't be able to afford to be able to do that next week. Uh, we're not going to be playing uh, a beat up Justin Fields and an offense, you know, a beat up offensive line for the Bears. Um, that or that the Bears have. So we're really going to have to kind of put that game in the uh, rear view mirror. Focus ahead on on the Rams, which is going to be a much tougher challenge, both defensively and offensively. Um, so um, glad we got the bad game out, off our chest and still was able to come away with a win. But it, again, it was a little disappointing not to see a big blowout like we deserved to see. 
I think what makes uh, Monday's victory so frustrating, like we're sitting here looking at the the playoff picture after the the Vikings won. We're in the seventh seed, thankfully, right? We it's the it's the old cliche. It's not even a cliche, but it, it just happens every year. Vikings control their own destiny, right? It's at some point in December we hear that phrase, right? And here we are, uh, a few days before Christmas, the Vikings control their own destiny. But what makes it so frustrating, and Doogie talked about it earlier, right? You make a field goal uh, versus Arizona, you're 8-6. and six. You actually close out Detroit, you know, you're 9-5. and five. Like, these things would cement us into that sixth seed and for sure into the playoffs, right? Like you could, you could go one in three if, if you took those two games um, and you would still be um, in the playoffs. So it, 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 it is frustrating. Uh, that, that That's what I keep coming back to after these wins. Like I'm glad we're fighting. I'm glad we're pulling them out here against teams we should win against, but it, it still is, is frustrating. So um, Dave, any thoughts from, from Monday night's game? Uh, it is frustrating that we play to our opponent versus playing just good ball all the time. There's something that came out today, and that was in the injury report. Kirk Cousins was on it for the first time in since 2013 with ribs injury. We don't know what that was. He was supposedly... Theoretically, because it was only uh, simulated, uh, limited in practice. And Cole, Mason Cole, who had a horrible night against Akeem Hicks, which most guards do, he's on there for, he was a DNP for an elbow injury. So we might see Joseph's favorite player, Ole Udo, back over at right guard this weekend if Mason Cole doesn't get healthy quick enough. So, and I wanted to answer Joseph's question. He wanted to know what I was drinking. I'm drinking Cano Bliss IPA from Oscar Blues tonight. All right. Let's do it. Let's talk about the Los Angeles Rams coming. Uh, Ryan, are you going on Sunday? Uh, yeah, I'll be there. Um, I think uh, my wife and I are going to be able to make it in. Your track record is good outside of that yeah, Cowboys uh, game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was at Cowboys and Browns. Uh, we've lost, but we've won the other ones I've been at this year, um, which ironically, those, those two games are I went with my son. So, um, again, not an overly superstitious person. Oh, so you're saying your son's like, the good luck charm, and if, you, if we lose this weekend, you're blaming the wife. <laughs> uh, no, actually, opposite, opposite. So uh, every game I've been to with my wife – uh, or friends, we've won. Uh, every game I've been to with my son, we've lost. We've lost. So, uh, um, so uh, eventually him and I are going to break that trend at some point, uh, <laughs> but it won't be this Sunday. So, um, Do it on the Bears yeah, game no, we'll last be, week in the season. I did give uh, those tickets away so some of my buddies could <laughs> all go to the game. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're not going to be at the Bears game. So uh, may need to scalp some tickets if if I uh, if it comes down to that game and needing a win and I have my good luck streak continuing with the Rams here. But um, yeah, I mean it's gonna be a it's gonna be an interesting game. I think uh, again, obviously people see the Rams, see this high powered offense, Cooper Cup setting records. Um, you know Matthew Stafford revitalizing this offense from what Jared Goff 
brought to it. Um, and, and, uh, and again, obviously a stifling defense, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, and, and, you know, you can go on and on with some of these names. However, um, they're not, I don't think that they are a team that I'm overly scared of. Do I think we lose? Maybe. I mean, they're a good team. I'm not going to sit here and say that this is a sure win, but they're definitely not unbeatable. I'm definitely more scared, even though we beat them, more scared of the Packers than I am of the Rams. The Rams have put up some, laid some eggs. They barely just beat the Seahawks. Again, interdivision game, always a tough game. But they barely just beat the Seahawks. Um, with you know, if it weren't for a blown, uh, if it weren't for a blown PI call, they might have, you know, the Seahawks might have tied that game, right? So um, yes, you're right. They lost to the Niners, um, and, and they've lost to, to teams or have like had really close games with teams that you know we've either played really well or that we've beaten. So um, it's definitely not something that I'm overly scared of. I think that we can definitely put up a good fight. Stafford is not uh, immune to playing poorly against a Mike Zimmer defense. Um, We have to be on our P's and Q's. I wouldn't be uh, surprised if Jalen Ramsey shadows Jefferson all game. I know they've been playing him a little bit differently this year, kind of more like a joker um, type uh, defender, but you know, with him being able to shadow our best player, especially with Thielen out, um, would really be a hit against us. But Jefferson's been known to play good against really elite competition as well. So I, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm scared of him going up against anyone, and that includes the best corner in the league. Um, Aaron Donald does frighten me. Uh, the way our interior played this last week uh, against Akeem Hicks. Can I interrupt you there? Yeah. Uh- I want to I want to ask you about Aaron Donald for a second because, and this is what always surprises me about like Akeem Hicks and Kenny Clark. So when we I feel like when we face teams with elite defensive linemen that are outside our division, Zimmer does a really good job of scheming them out. Like if we look at like the Browns defensive line, right? Like with Miles Garrett and, and Davion Clowney, like schemed those guys out of the picture. I'm blanking on a couple others, but historically Zimmer does a good job keying in on on those types of players and making sure they're a non-factor in the game but he doesn't do it against divisional opponents he always lets Kenny Clark get the best of us Akeem Hicks eventually uh Thibodeau when the Lions get him next year I, I, I'm just predicting that now those people always seem to do well so I, I, I'll let you continue I know you said you were nervous for Aaron Donald but I I think I kind of feel the opposite for some reason. Yeah, and, and I, I guess I can kind of see where you're coming from there. I, I think we do actually handle um, DNs very well. Joey Bosa, again, we handled very well in that game. I know he made some plays, but we handled them pretty well. Miles Garrett and, and Clowney you had mentioned. And and again, there's a list and list of, of players that are good. The difference though is that when we have in, when we play elite interior players whether they're in conference or not Kenny Clark Akeem Hicks you got Aaron Donald you got um, uh, Chris Jones we played I think like last year and he tore us up uh, for the Chiefs Grady Jarrett uh, for the for the Falcons just tore us up that one year um, we until we can solidify that interior especially where Bradbury and the right guard are because Ezra Cleveland has played well this year. We should. The one big takeaway from this year on the offensive line outside of 
O'Neal just continuing to be dominant. That was my breakout is, candidate. Ezra, Ezra Cleveland has played fantastic. And Derrissaw, I know Der- people are going to sit here and say Derrissaw played poorly last week. He had two bad – well, he probably had a few bad plays. But um, he had two that stuck out, obviously, that ended up in sacks. But outside of that, and specifically in the run game, he had a fantastic game. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, sh- you know, uh, say he played poorly because I don't think he really did outside of a couple plays, and that is going to happen. We do need to mitigate those sacks as much as possible. But I think he's played well. Ezra Cleveland has shown to be a very capable guard. Um, so where I'm worried, and again, other teams know this, you scheme your best interior players to go against our right guard, whoever it may be this week. It might be Oliudo and, uh, and Bradbury. And specifically trying to get Bradbury in one-on-one pass reps, if you can, which three, four teams have a tendency to be able to do that more so than uh, teams who run a, a standard 4-3 base. Uh, um, which the the Rams are more of a three four uh, based team, so we're going to see a lot of Aaron Donald schemed uh, up against um, either uh, the right guard Ezra Cleveland or again make making some games to get him against Pierre Bradbury one on one, and that's where I'm concerned. So where we need to mitigate that is again a strong run game, which the Rams are you know, pretty good against the run, but I think we can still, you know, Dalvin Cook's Dalvin Cook, right? He did look a step slow last week, though. He really did. I don't know if he was just getting beat up a lot by Akeem Hicks and company, but he did seem a step slow. Actually, Kenny Wangu actually looked more spry, more, um, uh, you know, he he had an electric electricity to his, you know, when he was touching the ball. Um, Not saying he's he's better than Dalvin. 11 yards. Yeah, exactly. More than 11 yards per carry on only three carries. And it was just like, if he's getting over 11 yards per carry on three carries, you need to give him the ball more. That was one of the frustrations yeah. for Monday night. Alexander Madison yeah, for came sure. off COVID today. So Yeah, and I'm not happy about that. I think he... I think we should really lean in on the Ken A. Wangu train and, and, and Madison being more so a spell to maybe a first and second down Dalvin. Uh, but he shouldn't be touching the field on third downs. That should be Ken A. Uh, as more of the change of base back when Dalvin can't go. Uh, um, but anyway, so I, I'm a little nervous about, about Darren Donald. Uh, and they have other good players on that defensive line as well. Von Miller, future Hall of Famer. Von Miller is the new acquisition. He's uh, starting to come on a little bit as of late, uh, getting away from, further away from that injury. Um, and, and then uh, offensively, I mean, again, we, we've heard about Cooper Cup. You got Van Jefferson, who is, you know, is playing super well as a deep threat. And then you got Odell, who's, you know, finally showing maybe a somewhat of a glimpse of what he used to be uh, for the, for the giants. So um, it it should be interesting uh, to see how we try to mitigate that offense. I think I saw in a group chat today, um, you might just need to double Cooper with a safety and nickel or what closest corner to him and then just go one-on-one everywhere else and hope for the best. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I think uh, they have a good offensive line. Andrew Whitworth at like age 40 is still playing at a still. very high level. It's just insane. Um, and they got what's two running about, backs. Go ahead. I was going to say what's crazy about Andrew, Andrew Whitworth is I remember 
when the Rams signed him, right? Because it was right when Jared Goff got there, and he was like, he chose them, I think, over the Vikings, right? Because mm-hmm. weren't we in discussions with him? It was the Riley Reef year, yep. which is wild to think it's been that long. But it was the year that Riley Reef came to the Vikings. Andrew Whitworth chose the Rams over us because it was Jared Goff. It was Sean McVay. It was like, I want to be with a competitive team, whatever. But the fact that he's still playing at 40 years old, and he's still elite, right? Like we're, we're, we're even seeing it with Trent Williams, too, who the Vikings were also connected to at one point in time. Um, it It is just it's, it's astonishing. And um, that was just my little little nugget there. Uh, Joseph asked, why did we sign Dakota Dozier back to the team today? The reason is because um, Mason Cole was a DNP and, uh, and the squad today on the injury report. They need a backup. Uh, Ryan, a uh, question for you about Odell Beckham. Uh, you're a fan of his. He played with Baker. Um, are you nervous about him facing us again for the second time this season? Uh, typically only NFC North opponents get the chance to play us twice. <laughs> and I don't know if maybe I'm overthinking this, but I'm, I'm wondering if Odell maybe has some extra insight he can give this Rams offense to like, hey, this is how they played us when I was with the Browns. Um, here's something we can exploit that they haven't fixed yet because I'm seeing it on tape. Because typically you play an opponent, you forget about them, right? But now Odell's yeah. played us, and he's playing us again with a better team. Yeah, with a, yeah, I, I understand. I guess kind of the concept there. Also, it, it is a different scheme completely, though, right? I mean the the um, the Browns and the and the the Rams play a, a very different scheme. So I, I wouldn't say very different scheme. They're actually kind of similar, but they're they're not they're not so alike. Where um, where we're gonna we're gonna scheme defensively the same against the Browns as we are going to be against the the Rams. But it, it can provide some insightful insights of, uh, to what we're trying to do specifically to him and to the other receivers. Um, and the thing is, is he toasted us. We're lucky that Baker was off his game that day, but he toasted us. I mean, if Baker hits him, you know, in stride three different times, there's touchdowns. Uh, one yeah. hit, I think, the back of our our DB's helmet. Uh, one, I think, uh, was just sailed, and then one, I think, uh, Odell dropped. So, I mean, there, there's definitely there, there's definitely he definitely got the best of us that day, and it, we are lucky that it just wasn't executed. Otherwise, that'd be one last one score game that we'd have in our tool belt there. Um, so, yes, I, I think to your point, he he's going to have some insights as to how we are playing him, and and how we can probably expect that because obviously he's close to juice Landry. Right. And, um, yeah. and so, you know, he's going to be able to get some insights on how we played the, the, the nickel, uh, or I'm sorry, how that we played the slot and whatnot. So I definitely think that there's going to be some takeaways there and we definitely need to make sure that we're doing a, um, a better job being more effective in, in, in man coverage, honestly, because I think we're going to need to play a little bit more of that this week. Yeah. Uh, before we get to score predictions here, uh, I want from both of you uh, just some some keys to victory. Dave, I'll start with you. I, I kind of cut you off on on, on your <laughs> well, that's okay. your little segment um, there, but uh, give me some keys to victory here. Uh, pressure on golf is going to be a big one. The Vikings tied record today for themselves. We've had fourteen multiple sack games. 
The Vikings haven't done that since 1974. And that was a 14-game season. And uh, they could break that by having multiple sack games and lots of pressure come Sunday. That defensive line is playing very well without Griffin and Hunter, which gives me the Skull Vikes, uh, which gives me a lot of a lot of hope. Wanham's um, steadily I, gotten better, and Richardson has found a second life out there on the outside as defensive end. Yeah, Richardson. In I can't. I, I wanted to talk to Doogie about this tonight, and I forgot. But Michael Pierce is a the fact that he came back from a torn tricep this season um elbow (laughs) and yeah which they just called an elbow injury which technically i guess they're not wrong uh but he has been far in a way better than what i expected him to be in his appearances um on the defensive line and Dalvin Thomason has probably been a little bit d- disappointing in that regard, but he probably does more that doesn't necessarily grab your attention. Um, mm-hmm. He probably sucks up those double teams a little bit more. But, uh, yes, Dave, I agree. Get that pressure, that defensive line. Uh, they can build on that last game for sure. Um, don't let that fake Justin Fields uh, kneel, get Blake Lynch all up in his head. Man, he, he was he can still do it. He can do it against Stafford this weekend. So, uh, Ryan, what is your keys to victory uh, this weekend? Yeah, I think uh, a quick and decisive pass game. Uh, usually I'm all for trying to take big, deep shots. But, again, I just can't see how our interior holds up against Aaron Donald um, sufficiently. So I think to mitigate that, you're making quick decisions in the pass game you're running the ball effectively i think that's the only way you can stay alive on offense against aaron donald and again obviously trying to throw away from uh jalen ramsey uh as much as you can so we're gonna need the dd westbrook's sets and kj osborne's to step up a little bit in this game and of course tyler conklin um but also Jefferson, like I said, I said earlier, Jefferson can win one-on-one against anyone in this league, in my opinion. So I don't care if he's going to up his gym against Jalen Ramsey. If he if he hits that matchup well, let's, uh, you know, and in, in, I think Jefferson is almost unguardable in cross routes. So just running that consistently if you can and uh, yeah. hitting him when he gets open on those is great. Um, and then on defense, like I said, you just have to – I'm not worried about their run game. They have two good running backs, but I don't think that their run game is anything to write home about. But if you let that run game get going, it does make Cooper Cup's job so much easier because now where Cooper Cup lives, obviously he's been making a living everywhere, I should say. But um, specifically, he's over the middle, similar to what Jefferson's been doing this year, uh, getting behind the linebackers in front of the safeties uh, and away from the corners, right? And that's where he's making his living. So if we can not have to worry about the run game as much and our linebackers can hit the depth marks that they need to hit to kind of mitigate that a bit, and please, God, keep Anthony Barr away from guarding him one-on-one, uh, I think we can we can maybe mitigate that a bit. Again, I don't think you're going to stop this offense. Um, but, again, I mean, what, they only put up 17 points against the Seahawks yesterday. So, I mean, we have a chance to be able to be effective. We just have to execute and not make the big mistakes. 
Got it. Uh, before we get to predictions, I will give my keys to victory here. Uh, it's all it is. It's it's very simple. Just finish your drives. When you get to the red zone, don't settle for field goals. Get the touchdowns. We've seen it happen too many times. I want to see Zimmer. You're at home. You have a little bit more leeway to be aggressive. If it's fourth and two, fourth and three, whatever, fourth in short, um, and you're within your own 30-yard line, I, I want to see us go for it. I don't want to settle for field goals, especially against this this Rams offense. I think you need to get touchdowns on the board. This team is too good um, to settle for field goals. So it's, it, it's pretty simple, but uh, uh, I'm, I don't want to settle for field goals. I want to score touchdowns. So uh, – we didn't get a chance last week uh, to meet. We didn't have a show. Uh, so I'm going to chalk everybody up. As we would all pick the Bears. Bears. Yeah. <laughs> we are all going to so, uh, pick us to beat the Bears is what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for the first time this year, I think I'm 500. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know about mm-hmm. you guys. <laughs> uh, Ryan's probably a little bit above. He's probably eight and six, right? I marked it down. Let's see. He would have gone to... Uh, I've got him as eight and five. He would have gone to nine and five. Guess would have gone to nine and five. Actually, nine and, all right. So David, why do I have the guess of eight yeah. and six? Um, but yes, yeah. So that 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 checks out. So so Ryan's nine and five on the year. Dave and I are seven and seven. Um, I'll go last, but uh, we'll start with you, Ryan. Give me your score prediction, and then give me just give me a bold prediction as well. Bold prediction, score prediction. All right, and if we need a guess, my son is just chilling here. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it. we have a guess pick or Throw a Miles on. pick. All right, so I'll I'll go first. Um, I don't know why, but I'm feeling I'm feeling somewhat optimistic. I don't know why. I'm not usually. I mean, I try to be realistic as possible, but I'm feeling optimistic. Uh, I think we're going to win this week, and I'm going to go with a score of. It's gonna be a close game, obviously. Uh game winning field goal at the end. Thirty one to thirty one to twenty eight. Uh thirty one twenty eight. Uh last second field goal to win the game. And uh for All bold right. prediction, for bold prediction, uh let's go with Justin Jefferson mossing Jalen Ramsey. I don't, oh, I, don't, I, don't okay. know, I don't know if they, I don't know if that's like a for a touchdown or whatever but just he's gonna uh on Monday at some point uh on Monday a Monday night countdown or whatever uh Randy Moss is gonna do that you got Moss and Jalen Ramsey with Justin Jefferson <laughs> causing it I love that is your son ready for a score prediction does he have a yeah, bold prediction is. Uh, you got to do. Um, so he can't hear probably. So you got to do a score prediction. Okay, so score. We be uh, we play the Rams. So who's going to win and by what's the score? And then give a bold prediction, which just means like, um, okay, okay. Uh, just like okay, something. Okay, okay. okay, you got it. All right, <laughs> All right. Uh, All right buddy. Think, what do you got? I think we're going to win, and it's going to be twenty-seven to. 19. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Nope. Okay. <laughs> no bold prediction. No, no bold predictions. He needs to go. I mean, sorry, guys. He needs to I, I will say, I will say that his bold prediction is probably a safety. Cause I don't know how else they get to 19. Um, unless they just randomly go for two points somewhere. 
Uh, right? Four field goals and a touchdown. Okay, Dave. <laughs> All right, Dave, what is your score prediction and what is your bold prediction? I don't feel good about this, except for logically. I sort of do because they got a shorter week. And as Duty says, they're coming across country again. Uh, they came from the East Thanks, Coast. Justin. They just played. They got a short week. They got fly back to us um, for a day after Christmas. So you know they're probably flying out on Christmas. That's got to suck. Um, let's give it Vikings relatively low score. Uh, 21-15. 21-15. All right, all right. Hey, the defense so, last week held Chicago to three points for the entire uh, game I mean, up until that very last second. <laughs> Ball prediction, bike swing. I like it, Joseph. Yeah, I, I just saw that, too. <laughs> um. I think I'm still waiting for a convincing win. And I feel like if you if you beat the Rams by more than one score, like that's a convincing win, right? Especially yeah. Yeah. The, like the that's So I want to say I want to say 27 17 I I guess I copied Oh, I copied Justin in the chat, but he said Rams. Um, I'm going to say 27-17 Vikings win. My bold prediction is that for the first time this season, Cooper Cup is held in check. Now, what what that is, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to maybe less than 80 yards and no touchdowns. I feel like that's keeping Cooper Cup in check. Um if anybody goes off this game, I think it's Odell Beckham. Um, I think I think I think Zimmer will will shut down Cooper Cup on offense and and make the other guys beat him. So, well, that do you is think where Eric I Kendricks stand. is going to have a game because he didn't make the Pro Bowl and plus the well BS? It, is Eric Kendricks playing? Did we get any news on fines, suspensions, anything? He's not going to be suspended for that. He's not going to get suspended. I hope not. He shouldn't have even been kicked out of that game. I mean, I, it was a penalty for sure. He shouldn't have got kicked out of that game. I agree. I agree for sure. But I would so, love to see him get another interception. Maybe a yeah. pick six. Yeah, I would too. I'd love to see We Dave, need a pick I, six. I, we have not. Kickoff. I, I'm actually changing my score prediction because what Dave said actually makes sense. I think it is actually going to be a low score game. So I'm going to go with 17 14. Um, but. Yeah, I still think we win. All right. Four people picked the Vikings to win. And more in the chat. Justin is the only one that uh, looks to be going Rams this weekend. So we'll see who uh, who's 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 uh, who's right on Sunday. Um, that'll, that'll be it for us tonight. We had a longer show with Doogie on board. Uh, had to fit a lot in here this evening. Um, I want to say thank you. Thank, to everybody thanks everyone for sticking around. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a that's a long that's a time investment, and I, and I appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate Doogie hopping on Miles, even though he's not feeling too great. Um, and Ryan and Dave, I want to thank you guys um, for doing this week in week out. 
um, and we'll continue to do it moving forward. But uh, I hope that this weekend, Dave, I know your family's in town, Ryan, I know you got some little kids there, but I, I hope that you guys are able to celebrate with your family um, and, and enjoy this weekend. So as, as Doogie said, stay positive and test negative. <laughs> and with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you back Sunday night or Sunday afternoon after the Vikings victory over the Rams with CTP final score. It'll be me, Dave, Flip, and Jason, hopefully. Um, and then we'll kick it back off again next Monday and, and head into the new year. And hopefully uh, it's rivalry week. We're playing Green Bay after that. So uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and uh, Skull Vikes. Skull, everyone. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody. Bam!